Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. You might be able to hear the birds singing in the background on this glorious day that we're recording. It's Productivity Insights with Sue and Simon. And Sue is back. Hi, Sue. Hello. How are you doing? Good, thank you. So today we're going to talk about the law, not the police. Parkinson's law. I think we've mentioned it before on a couple of the podcasts, but Parkinson's law was created by Cyril Northcote Parkinson in 1955 for an essay that he was doing for The Economist. He was a British naval historian and was trying to point out some of the bureaucracy that exists in the British civil service. But since then, that law has been taken and is widely used in life and the world of productivity. So the law is work expands so as to fill the time available for its completion. Do you want to give us some real life insight and deep dive into that? So what does it actually mean in kind of real speak? In real speak, what it means is I'm not going to rush to finish what I'm doing if I've not got anything to do afterwards. So it's kind of, it's about people slowing down. And we tend to see it happening because when you are qualified as a work study analyst, you're taught how to assess the pace that people are working at. So our team can assess the the pace that people are working at where 100 is ideal. And that pace rating isn't just about speed, it's about effectiveness as well. So it's about how accurately, how well it's being done. So if somebody's walking along briskly, you count that as 100. If somebody's dawdling, then that would be doing slower. So it's, And it's not just for work, working, it's all sorts of tasks and things that can be uh, rated for the effectiveness and the pace that they're being done at. But basically 100 is good. If you're consistently over 100, you're going to risk burnout because it's hard for humans to maintain that pace we do tend to see it in short births when people get busy to to have a spell but if it's maintained for a long time say say the colleague can get burnout but equally quality tends to drop so it's hard if you're working that quickly it's hard to keep your quality up and that when you're working below that pace that's when parkinson's law we often see kicking in because people have slowed down often because they've got more time than they need to complete a task so when a person is given more time than they need, they will probably use it anyway. And I think to bring that to life, there's various case studies that have been done where people are given tasks to do and then some of that task taken away and therefore they still take the same amount of time because they procrastinate about different parts of the task. I think we've probably all been there where we've got work to do, there's been a deadline and we managed to get the work done in that really short deadline if it's been left. If you think back maybe to how you did your homework when you was a kid, There'll be people that got it done early and out of the way. There'll be others that left it to the last minute and still managed to get it done. Not sure how that impacts quality. But maybe there's a, a a nice balance somewhere in the middle. But we'll have all experienced that procrastination, that slowing down because we've got time to do it. But adversity is the other way of just getting stuff done when we're on a really tight deadline or things have been pushed into a probably a smaller amount of time than we need. So... It's really interesting. It's kind of stood the test of time. So 1955, as I said, and and it's been interpreted in many different ways, but from a productivity point of view, all about that pace of work. And one of the common questions we get asked is, so if, if I'm being observed by one of our team, then I'll just work quicker or I'll just work slower because I think I can book the system. And that's where the pace rating helps normalize that data. Yeah, you're right. We do with when we're timing things, we normalise it. So if somebody is working particularly fast or particularly slow, it's always normalised back to the hundred. Uh, but for most studies, you find that actually people very quickly drop back into normal behaviour. It's kind of hard as humans for us to remain 
alert as to you know somebody observing you generally people just drop back and become like normal we, we see normal behaviors and certainly in a customer facing environment where you've got customers that are driving the pace you know if, you, if you're yeah. measuring a till transaction and you're being a slow cashier then you build up a queue if you're doing too quick then you create yourself kind of idle or wait no customer time so there's there's factors that that get in there so one of the questions we do get is obviously paces can be flagged up as an opportunity so if you've got a team that's working slower than they should be so it kind of below 90 out of 100 we'll be flagging that as an opportunity to get the task done quicker and often the sorts of tasks that we see being uh, done at that slightly slower pace are the ones that are more optional and they become time fillers so it might be cleaning dusting you know if you think about beauty halls that we've both spent quite a bit of time in you know the amount of dusting is probably related to the amount of time available not to the amount of dust that there is folding in fashion sticks in my mind so i've touched it twice but i'll just fold it or titivate it again pulling forward shelves in any shop you know tidying does it really need tidying or am i keeping busy those sorts of time filler tasks it can be sweeping up in a warehouse it can be all sorts of things those sorts of things that are time filling tend to be done at a low pace because they're not being done as purposefully as right i've got to get this done and then i'm on to something else and is, does that play into why some organizations have things like bumbles or huddles where they focused you know uh, uh, back to my time at focus let's get ready to rumble ironically uh, used to come on uh, and then we changed it to key and everybody's changing at three o'clock everybody should go on the floor and tidy for an hour and that was done now leadership behaviors drove maybe slightly a different expectation but the theory was we get it all tidy in that hour and then move on yeah that's part of it and obviously a lot of businesses will set what they call pe- uh, uh, a pace rate for their people so they'll know if you're picking you'll know how many orders you should pick an hour or how many items you should be picking or if you put in stock away there's a case rate for how much how fast stock should be put to the shelf so you know a lot of people use pace as a way of managing performance as, as they go through scan rate tills yeah there's lots of different you know industries that use it because they appreciate the importance of getting the pace right so when businesses have got this opportunity flagged to them there's two ways you can tackle it partly it often sorts itself if the resource actually matches the workload so it's usually when you've got more people there that you need now it might be because actually things have changed and the business has got more resource than they genuinely need that they've introduced some some efficiency improvements but not taking the resource down to match or lots of different things or it might be you see it on some days of the week and not others so it might be we're really busy on a month on a Saturday and Sunday, Monday, we're not so busy and everything slows down. So by getting that resource to match the workload, pace tends to sort itself out. And can you then follow that upstream to almost how things are budgeted? Yeah. So in a, in a world where you don't give enough resource, are you almost pushing Parkinson's law the other way? So you, you're diminishing quality and service maybe? In, and adversely, if you're overfunding areas, you're going to drive a slow pace? Yeah, certainly overfunding drives slowness. With when you're, if you're sort of routinely underfunding, I think not only do you get a sort of slight pace effect, we we don't see a lot of that. I think what you tend to see is those more um, infrequent tasks that feel more optional, not getting done. So, do you really, if you're supposed to sweep the stock room every week, does it get done once a month or only when we've got time? Or I think it. I think underfunding creates that kind of... Training seems to be one that drops out frequently if 
things are tight so I didn't get the training time or I'll just do it at home online or yeah. you know we, again we see people taking work home to do which is a, a consequence from all this kind of stuff isn't it and how it's performed and where it's performed yes yeah getting getting um, getting that right is really important and the other thing is leadership so and leadership happens within the culture of an organisation. So some organisations have just got a pacier culture than others and others will have quite a chatty culture. So we see it in the amount of things like talking about work that you get or talking about things that aren't work within organisations. So some organisations are much clearer about setting deadlines and targets and managing their people. Others, the leadership will be much kind of laxer if you like or won't be as clear so actually people if they're not supervised if you've got big teams across a big area and there's no supervision then in that instance you can tend to see kind of pace drop because they're not being supervised we tend to see it on things like night shifts and that can happen does this come back to one of our earlier podcasts around role study where you've got either an organizational hierarchy that's not fit for future or fit or within that hierarchy you've got lots of people who are too involved in the task and not involved in the, the leadership point? Yeah, I mean, you can see it often when you're out and about kind of in businesses that um, you might have the team leader that's the busiest person going and other people standing about and it kind of when that happens, the minute you've got your head down, then actually you're not as aware of what's happening around you because when you're focusing on what you're doing, you just can't be as aware of, of the team and kind of what else is happening. So yes, that happens. So just to reiterate then, Cyril Northcote Parkinson, work expands to fill available time from 1955, still stands the test of time today in, in, his, in everything we do in our study work and hopefully in your considerations from a, a time point of view and a modelling point of view, but something to kind of think about and look out for. And I think we all experience it in our, in our lives. So when you take more time to do something than you need, then Parkinson's law should be that exclamation mark in your, in your mind that springs in. Anything else to add to in terms of um, watch-outs, look-outs, ways to address that we've not covered? Yeah, pace is important. When we're assessing pace and kind of when people are trained to assess pace, they know to make allowances for things like difficult situations. So when you're in a, if you're working in a difficult environment, so whether that's very hot, very cold, um, then you make an allowances in terms of pace for that. If somebody's carrying something heavy, you don't expect them to be walking as quickly as if they're walking without the load. So you have to, when you think, if you start thinking about pace, you do have to think about the context of what you're asking people to do and also the people's abilities. So where you've got trainees, you often don't expect them to work at the same pace and you'll know that we don't measure the times. If somebody's under training, then they aren't somebody that we would do work study on because you always want what we term a qualified operator. So you do have to remember people's, um, physical abilities and their degree of training competence when you're thinking about pace. Excellent. And we've just published a blog, which I'll put a link to that you can read from the website around this. And some of this was in a talk that I did at Nottingham University recently. And the other point I probably want to make just before we close is benchmarking. So pace gives us a good way to benchmark across yeah. tasks, across locations, um, within industry, outside of industry, and comes back to some of those familiar tasks that Sue talked about in terms of housekeeping and cleaning and all, and all the other bits. So, again, in your thinking, use the pace for those tasks as a good way to benchmark across to really then get under the skin of 
what's driving that difference? Is it leadership? Is it layout? Is it manager's day off? What, whatever it might be, because there's some real clues in there to help you drive the productivity within your organizations forward. Good. Well, I feel like I've learned a bit more about Parkinson's law today. Hopefully you have, and we'll catch up for the next one soon too. Bye.